Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Well, everybody, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. It's just me and Pastor Stephen today. Hey. Stephen, what is going on with you today? Uh, it is, it was snowing this morning, but it stopped now, but it is cold, cold. That's what's up. I doubt you guys have any snow. Oh, it, it's like a millimeter on the ground. You can see it through the blades of grass. (laughs) Um, I apologize. I want to apologize to everybody. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're supposed to be releasing on a Wednesday. So I don't know what happened. Just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Just busy the last couple of days. I think I woke up today and did a testimony Tuesday and realized it was a Wednesday. Um, so that kind of, those things happen. Those things happen. And it happens. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it was a lot going on over the weekend. So I think that, laid into part of it you had the the christmas concert in bethlehem the youth had their movie night um then sunday we had um a uh christmas party with the pastors and and the church board sunday evening and i had a lunch in between talking about cuba cuba mission trip next year so it was absolutely a full weekend Oh. Yeah. It was fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about the uh, Bethlehem Christmas concert. Man, that was bomb. It was that really was good. so good. Yeah. I think we're going to do it every year. Good. Every the year. band yeah. was great. It was a, uh, someone from every location, I think. Yeah. Um, and... They were so good. It made me so excited for Christmas Eve. So excited. Yeah, that was kind of like the people's reactions to like, wow, that was so good. Uh, The best part was I felt like it was not a concert. It was like a worship night. Yeah. You know, they started out that way, concert, but then they switched gears and it was like, wow, people were like singing and like we could feel the presence of God right there. Yeah. So it was like a worship night. So it was fun. We had over 170 people. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, I don't know how many we had at the first worship and prayer night we had there, but this, this has got to be the most people that have been in a service there in a long time. It was just so good. Yeah. So good. Well, then we, yeah, we jumped into Sunday like Jesus again. We've got uh, Jeremy preaching Sunday. Then I'm on the 17th and Christmas Eve. And then you're closing out the year. It's like Jesus. And we're moving on to next year. So a few more weeks. And I don't know what your feeling is. I feel like we're finishing strong. Um, I feel like this week was was a what I mean it was a good timed um, message for the church. 
We yeah. we wrote down Fight Like Jesus last year, I think. In 2022, we came up for the week and it was one that as it was getting, I knew it was coming. I could see it and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. This one's making me nervous. I don't know what we're going to say. It's making me nervous. Like I'm just feeling that for months leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just when we... I got in that in the study and prayer time. It was like everything clicked. Everything yeah. clicked. Yeah, it's also like um I always get shocked, right? I always get shocked like how God speaks a year ago. <laughs> right? Because so many people have that setbacks like no, like no, that couldn't happen. No, it could happen. Like we plan our sermon series like a year advance, but we're open to it. We're open for God to move and change, but we do write it like a year ago. And it's like, it's the prompt like, oh, that was needed that Sunday. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and excellent job. Fight like Jesus. Uh and I, I don't think I've ever heard uh, like sermon like that, like fight like Jesus. When, when we talk about like that, we always talk about like uh, you need to have the breastplate, uh, you know, you know all or, that yeah, or stuff. We, or we talk about spiritual warfare. Warfare. But, oh, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think you you know putting in that context, fight like him. Probably, it's nothing that I've ever thought of before this series. Oh, wow! Yeah, <laughs> as you were preaching, I was like, "Oh, I never heard all all that I'm familiar to is that you know spiritual warfare, the fasting, or like uh, you know the breastplate, the whole series of that, uh, talking through it and how to fight." But this fight was different. Uh, take us through that uh, hard process, Pastor Nate. How did you did you intend on this, or were you thinking about the spiritual warfare or the other things? Uh, what was your initial thoughts? When we talk about fighting like Jesus, this is the scripture that comes to mind. So I probably had this in my mind a year ago. Well, not the message, but this passage of scripture. You can't talk, you can't say fight like Jesus and then not use this passage or at least include it in there. And I think that's part of what was making me nervous because you could take this passage and if you mishandle it, you bring the church in a wrong direction. Yeah. We become mean we become angry we become uh, which, which which is not what um what we're called to do i mean you did you preach last week and, and so they'll know you by your love this is how the world knows that you're my disciples you love one another um and now we're gonna get like okay we're gonna love one another but for those who are against us, they yeah. better get ready mm. because we're coming in. And 
and even like, you know, if we just talk about the world, but people do that within church, they're like, oh yes, the church, they've done something that I don't agree with. So I'm going to rally everybody against them and we're going to get this person fired and we're Mm -hmm. going to do a church split and we're going to give them a piece of our mind. And uh, I don't think that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the the prescription that scripture gives us. So, yeah, so taking that, and I didn't know where we were going. Honestly, I just knew this is the passage. Study it, study it, study it, study it, study it, mm. study it. And um, it didn't take long till I was studying it and realizing okay, wait a minute, there's, um, he's not acting the way, Jesus is not acting in the way that I've been taught. He's Mm -hmm. not acting in the way that, um, that I just imagine when I read it with my own bias. Mm -hmm. He is acting with passion. He is acting in a surprising way. He did flip tables. He did throw coins. He did set all the cattle free. He was very disruptive. But he did it with a broken heart. Mm. Not with an angry spirit. Yeah, that whole concept was refreshing, I would say. Because he, even me growing up, like hearing sermons, was like Jesus was angry. Like he was angry. And even like taking that scripture and preaching something else, right? Like he was angry, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. But you're, you're bringing that clarity. Like we need to have that passion inside of us when, uh, like I, I thought through this way, like, man, I need to have that passion in me when I preach or when I teach or when I, when I see somebody one soul being lost and not going to heaven we need to have that passion inside of us where we like no enough is enough like i'm sick of enemy attacking those people Uh, let me be the solution you know so when you were preaching like i thought oh my lord like yeah if he had that much passion and that much burden for people like we need to have the same inside of us when we see uh like as you mentioned like when we see people wants to take the church sideways hey enough like i see you do this like hey that's not good like because it's not out of anger it's not out of like i hate you mentality no it's out of that love and compassion hey those people don't deserve that like those people are meant to be shepherded by the pastor who's installed here, you know? So I think that clarity is so good. Uh, so good. Yeah. It, I think, you, you know, I think for me, <clears throat> one of the things I struggle with, and even with this message, I don't know what day it was I was driving with Michelle Friday night, and I'm telling her about the message. And we were driving to a, um, we had a, a pastor's dinner with a bunch of Assembly of God pastors that are in the Southeast New Hampshire. And we're driving to that. 
And I said, sometimes I'm, you know, when I go to preach a message like this, that through study, I just feel like I've discovered, like I'm teaching something that, that it feels like no one's ever taught before, which is not true. All right. Um, but it's just something that I was never taught before. I always feel like, am, have I gone off the rails? Am I like, you know, am I making the church woke because we're now teaching and, and so I'm not in any way teaching that Jesus was passive or effeminate or weak, or right. I'm just saying Jesus wasn't attacking people, which is mm-hmm. what we think of. He's whipping people out of here yeah. and, and hurting people. That's what we imagine. And that is not Jesus. Mm. And that's not, that, that's not what is being described in that passage. So I know that's just something that, that I, I struggle with. I remember a long time ago, we did um, a series called this boat climbed Mount Washington um, play on the, uh, the bumper stickers, this car climbed Mount Washington. And there was a series on Noah and how it flooded. And so the boat landed on yeah. top of the mountain. Um, and I was going to preach a sermon because you always hear Noah was drunk. Noah was drunk. So I was going to preach about how now he, yeah. now he, um, God does all this stuff for him. And, and he, now he's getting drunk and <laughs> shaming himself. But as I begin to study it, there's more to the story. It's not just, he didn't just like, I'm going to get plastered now. Man, that was a hard 40 days. Yeah, but there was more to it than that, and there is the po- possibility where he was he got drunk, but it was not his intention to get drunk. He's just consuming liquids that's maybe a little bit more fermented than he realized, and so next thing you know, he he drank too much, and it mm-hmm. was not a deliberate act of sin that he participated in, which I had to rewrite that entire message that week. Like, Oh shoot, this doesn't, this, my whole message is wrong because that, even though that's what everybody says this scripture is, that's not what it is. I have to switch and adjust, Mm -hmm. which I like when that happens because I feel like in my heart, my motives are right. I'm not just using scripture to say what I want to say, but we're going there. We're studying it. We're trying to make sure that, because I was ready to come in and say, all right, church, today it's whip making class. And yeah. we've got some people we're going to chase out of this room right now. <laughs> and <laughs> God's like, no, not, uh, not that way. That's funny. One of the yeah. things I love, I loved when, uh, about what you shared this Sunday was this. Uh, I don't know why it did not click all these years, but when you preach it, clicked in my head. You said when when Jesus was brought to the trial, there was no mention of violence. I don't know what when you said that. I was like, oh shoot, that is so right. Like it was like a kaboom moment in my head. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> so true. Like. <laughs> that is so true. Like there was no mention about violence in his in his whole trial, and yet he he got punished. Uh, that is 
Yeah. I was like, wow. Because if he was whipping people, that yeah. they, would, they wouldn't have needed Judas. They were just like, and, and yeah. And the other thing, which I ran out of time to talk about too, but it was a Jewish holiday. There were Roman soldiers everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if he started whipping people, they would have just come, they, they would have shut it down very quick and right. they, they would have arrested him themselves. Right. Yeah, it was, it was funny, but not funny to hear that. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that is so neat. Like, yeah, he would have, they should have arrested him. So the scripture was not the thing that I thought he was angry and he was flipping tables <laughs> or, or he was whipping uh, people there or women's, you know, I was like, what? Could have known that better. Well, it, it just shows, you know, I always t- say this, like we become so dogmatic about something. And so dogmatic means for those who aren't familiar, it's like, um, <laughs> And uh, having an unbending um, personal doctrine. Mm. So do- a dogma is not scriptural doctrine. It's like personal doctrine. So an example would be like, you shouldn't have lights and you shouldn't have um, lights in your church service, or you shouldn't have a dark auditorium, or you shouldn't even call it an auditorium. You need to call it a sanctuary. Um, right. So that's a dogma. There's nowhere in scripture. And in fact, to call it a sanctuary is more scripturally wrong than calling it an auditorium. So, um, but you see, you're dogmatic about it. And people who are dogmatic, they're like junkyard dogs. Like they fight over their dogma and they're like unbending, unyielding, uncompromising. No, this is right. This is right. This is right. And we can become dogmatic pretty easily and we can create we can we can take a portion portion of scripture like hey jesus is in the temple flipping tables whipping people and then be so wrong (laughs) Uh, and misunderstand it so easily and so that's why i'm like man i'm gonna hold doctrine with an open hand so end times doctrine some people get so mad about it. Right. Um, you know, the rapture and the tribulation and the millennial reign. Um, people get angry about it. I'm like, listen, there's splits. <laughs> listen, Jesus was right in front of people and he was saying, I'm going to die in three days, rise again. And they, couldn't figure out what he was saying. They're like, oh, he's going to knock down the entire temple building. And he's like, right. no, 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 no. Oh, he's got And then he died. And it, it was just when it's right in front of your face, you miss it. And we do that too. So try not to be so angry and right. so cocky about our theology to, to, Fight for sound doctrine, very, very important, yeah. but not to be like some things have to be some things you have to fight and protect. Right. 
oh, Jesus being the only way to go to heaven. There's no misunderstanding in that. Right. Uh, but other things like, when is Jesus going to return? When is the second coming going to be? Well, we don't know. What's right. it going to look like when he comes back? Well, this is as much as we do know. The rest yeah. of it, we're all, every single one of us is giving our best. It's a little bit more than a guess, but giving our best interpretation. Right. And even as the Holy Spirit speaking to us and making it so clear to us, we still are so far. We still are like wait, missing it so much. And, and when it happens, it's going to be um, so much different than, than probably everybody. Right. You know, and we don't have to know all the things. Some things are mysteries to us. And it is intended to be that way. And uh, yeah, that's, that's so good. Uh, and you you did uh, you did mention your three points: how to fight like Jesus, uh, which was prayer, scripture, and the cross. Yeah, the, the the bonus combo move of praying scripture. Mm. Did you did you talk about that? I did. I talked about Street Fighter and some other uh -huh. random video game. I don't remember <laughs> what game. Yeah, combo move prayer and scripture. Praying scripture. Uh, can you expand on that praying scripture? Uh, how? What do you? What do you mean by that? Or is there anything that you follow in your life that you can share? Because I think that that concept might be something new. Like we hear about like prayer. We know like reading the scripture, God can speak to us and the cross, obviously. But I don't think, I don't think living here for seven years, I, I, I heard that concept prayer scripture among among here. So can you expand on that? Like what does it do? Uh, how to start it if somebody wants to do it? We we definitely talk about it, but we we always include it in the midst. And I feel like I feel like we have this. So let me talk through this message. We have this um like, oh my word, I've never heard this message preached this way. I've never understood this this way. This is amazing. And then I feel like people are like, oh, prayer. I was hoping for something deeper than prayer. Yeah. And the scripture, <laughs> of course, come on, give me something new. And it's like, no, there's nothing new. If we're going to fight like Jesus, these are the weapons. The sword is, the word is a sword. It's a weapon. Prayer, nothing happens but through prayer. And then and then you combine those. Mm. What happens is one, we can I think we have a bolder prayer because mm. we know we're praying God's will. Mm. Um and it comes back to the old saying you might have heard someone people talk about find a verse. So you're going through something in your life, you, you know. You're believing for something in your life, find a verse and stand on it. It's the same idea. You're standing on a verse, you're holding on to a verse, you're memorizing a verse. 
you're then reminding God that verse and you're praying that verse. Um, God, you've said in your word, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And so right now, God, I'm asking you to stand by my side, to stand in front of me, to be my defender, which God, your word says, you're the defender and lifter of my head. And I pray God for you to defend me. I pray God for you to lift my head high above my enemies. I pray God, God, you're the way, the truth and the life. And so I pray God for your truth. Right. And the truth of this situation to be exposed. People are lying about me. People are attacking your church. God, your truth. I pray your truth. God, you've said that the gates of hell won't prevail against uh, against the church. And so, God, it feels like hell's coming against your church. And I pray right now for you to prevail. God, knock down every gate that the whole enemy encampment will be taken out and destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it, Lord, according to your word and your purposes and your will. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. And we can all say amen because I think that was a real prayer. <laughs> it was. <laughs> People didn't see me walk. But I would do, but yeah, that was that was real prayer. Stephen was <laughs> right there, guys, me. right there, right there. That is the pure example, genuine example of how to pray scripture. Uh, but if you're praying for a kid, a wayward kid, God, your word says um, that uh, raise up a child in the way God they they experienced you at camp. God, I sent them to camp. I sent them to, to youth convention. God, we brought them to church every week. They were in Sunday school. They memorized the Bible verses. God, they're mm. far from you now. We pray, God, that your word will be true, that they will not walk away from you. They will not yeah. depart from you. And God, they look so far away right now, but I just pray them back into the kingdom in Jesus' name, amen, as your scripture has promised. And that's how we do it. We pray those two things. And... um. The enemy has got to back off when you're coming at it. Cause when you're praying the word now, it's like, yeah. man, you're, you're, you're fighting with a sword. Bible so says, there's a right? difference it's a between sword. Yeah. Someone walking into your house and you're like, get out, get out. <laughs> or someone walks into your house and you're like, get out while you're holding a cantana. <laughs> uh, there's a, it does add just a little bit. It does add. Yeah, man, I'm just still in the mode or the phase of you praying. That was some good prayer. Oh. And we're believing it, right? We're we're praying yeah. for completion for this yeah. summer's work building. And man, what if, what's the scripture we can hold on to as we're praying for completion? Um, Jesus completing his assignment here, you know. This earth, his father's will was completed at the cross, even that you mentioned. Yeah, it, it, it you know, um, God, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, It is finished, and not only is my salvation finished, but all of his purposes on earth. Man, there's nothing that can that can stop it from coming to fruition. I just pray, God, as he finished the work on the cross, God, you'll finish the work of this real estate deal. May it happen, Lord. May Amen. it happen. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know why this is turning into a prayer service. <laughs> Can we call this a revival podcast? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yet, you know, it's, it's so, it's, it's simple. 
Right. It's simple. Like, as you mentioned, like prayer, scripture, cross, that, that ties up the gospel. Uh, but yet people miss out on that. It's, yeah. It's part, partly it's why I said in there, that's why we have to read scripture, correctly understand scripture, meditate on scripture and apply scripture because to just, to just the superstitious person holds their Bible like it's garlic to a vampire. Like, well, mm. I've got a Bible, and so yeah. the enemy can't come to my... It's on my my coffee table. And like, no, a, a, a leather-bound Bible does nothing for you unless you're reading it, speaking it, praying it, living it, applying it. Right. It, it it's just a, It's just a book until you open it, and then... It's living and active, right, and moving in your life, right. I, I think, thing I heard it long back. Uh, somebody kept their Bible underneath their pillow all life, and never applied it to their life. And when he died, like when they, when they were looking through it, like they found Bible underneath, but that never was a person of it, you know? Yeah. So he could, he, for him, it was like, oh, I'm spiritual or like I follow because I have a Bible that that's so close to me. Yeah, it was close to you, but never lived in his own life in the way that scripture told. So yeah, as you mentioned, I think you, <clears throat> I think you said a lot back, yeah, that analogy of open hand, you worded better than me to uh, have it as an open hand uh, even even with everything like you might know the scriptures well you might know the uh, in and out of everything but are you still open for God to move or change like yeah you must have heard thousands of prayer sermons but you know it's not Nate Gagney's words. It's not Stephen Johnson. It's it's still the word of God. So you holding it back, you're saying God cannot speak to me about it, even though you heard it four thousand times, you know. It is the word yeah. of God. <laughs> yeah, and I think we need to think about sermons. Um I think it was Rob Ketterling who talks about this, but to think about it like some messages should really be like, we should look at them like a home cooked meal and where some meals you want to eat more than once. Some meals are family tradition. So you eat them over and over again. So hopefully kingdom builders is that, you know, like every year it's like, ah, oh, kingdom builders again. Like, no, that should be something we love to eat. A sermon when we talk about, Hey, let's talk about prayer again. We love yeah. to eat it. You, you know, and I get, you know, I get guilty of this too. I just feel like every, <laughs> every um, summer camp is going to be a David and Goliath sermon. It doesn't happen every year, but I feel like if I'm going to show up at a youth service, at le you know, at least one out of every 10 is going to be about David and Goliath. It just feels like it happens. <laughs> if it's not summer camp, it's going to happen at revive. If it doesn't happen at revive, it's going to happen at national youth convention 
or yeah. youth rally. It's just always going to be there. And I can be jaded that way. Like, here we go again. Um, but you can't do that. I got to say, okay, God, it's your word. What mm-hmm. is in here that you need to change? You're feeding me. This is my daily bread. Yeah. And what do you want to, what do you want me to eat out of, out of this? And to enjoy it and to savor it. Um, yeah. Like, and to ask God, what can you speak differently, right? Because it might be just one word. It might be just one word that strikes. It may not be the whole message, but like, as you mentioned, like, especially preachers, like I've done it. I was like, oh, same David and Goliath, <laughs> you know, uh, like, oh, a Samson story. It's like, everyone knows about it. But like, Lord, even teach us, like as ministers, how can we uh, speak about it differently that people understand it differently? You know, right. not like in the same way, oh, I wrote a sermon 10 years ago, let me pull that and preach the same thing. Uh, we can get into that, like the opposite side of it, right? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote that sermon 10 years ago, right? let me pull that out. Please the same sermon 2023, 2024. Not like maybe God has a fresh thing that God wants to speak through us. And same maybe answer. he wants you to preach the same message, but to recook it, not just right. reheat it. So don't take it out of the freezer and just heat <laughs> it up and be like, this is good enough. Here's some leftovers. But to say, hey, that was a really good meal. Let's start from scratch and recreate the same meal. And hopefully it'll taste just as good and have the same ingredients, um, but it's made fresh for that day. You should write that down. That will preach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Preaching. For all the future preachers out there listening. <laughs> oh yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, um, so then we talked about the cross. The cross, obviously, yes. being how he fights. And it, it looks like, here's how you fight. You have a surrender flag. You know, if you're going to be a really good fighter, be really good at make, at surrendering and giving up. Like, that just mm. does not make any sense. So, we, you know, to just look at it like that. Hey, Jesus fought on the cross. Oh, <laughs> way to spin it, Nate. Wasn't he executed there? Um, not much of a fight, you know, here's the way you fight on the playground. Let the bully kill you. Um, good job in that, but that we get a red, just recognize that he went to the cross and we talked about that this series. He, he walked there. Yeah. He, and, and, and doing that Colossians two 15, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. They now, I mean, just imagine in one move for every, you know, for Hamas to be completely disarmed. And what are they going to do now? We're going to, we're going to hurl insults at you. You know, it's like, he, man, he, he, and I loved it. He shamed them publicly by his victory on the cross. Yeah. That is, he, he did it. He did it. Uh, I I love that verse. 
What what version were you reading of NLT? Well, I can't remember. Uh, honestly, this week's message, they when I sent them my notes, they're like, hey, you've got four different versions here. Is that right? And I'm like, because normally I mark it for them. So I cannot speak to which one I put there because I know this week I didn't mark any of the different translations for them. So appreciate who is serving this week. Avienda Blakeney, thanks for uh, <laughs> for dealing with me. Uh, I think, yeah, that word, that word is really nice. He disarmed. Yeah. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Man, what a way to describe that. So we, we fight the enemy by standing under the cross, by receiving the cross. Because once we receive the cross, what is it? What is the other verse we read? Um, he carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. So we, you know, we fight the enemy not by trying harder. Yeah. I'm going I'm to do better. I'm going to do better. No, but by standing under the cross, receiving the yeah. cross. And then now, um, you, you know, then it loses, the enemy loses his power over us. Yeah, I love what you wrote down. Like, we should not go to the cross, but instead be the recipients of the cross. That is so true. Uh, like, Bible says, carry the cross, right? Uh, yeah. What does that mean? It's not literally carrying the wooden cross on your back. <laughs> uh, you know, except Jesus uh, do what he asks us to do. Uh, and uh, you know live a better life fight the battles that he intends us to fight um, that is by you know prayer scripture uh, and uh, having having the mentality of the cross when where jesus already fought it for you and for me and for everyone in this world not just for christians not just for uh, Restoration Church people. No, everyone. Recognize that and accept that in your heart and live a life according. Uh, because he has already won for us. He has already, he went willingly to the cross for us. Yeah. And so good. Absolutely. Well, I well, think we are. Oh, yeah. There you go. Same, same thing. I think we're at the end of this. I've done enough yelling at you. <laughs> oh, this didn't come. No, any any book recommendation podcast that you have, Pastor Nate? Um, no. Uh, give me, give me a second. I no worries. We, I'm googling the man. There's one on. Well, uh, Chris Hodges has a book on prayer that came out this year. I don't know if we've recommended that one. I'm trying to think there. I'm trying to think of more. Yeah. I think oh. uh, Craig Groshiel has one dangerous prayers, dangerous prayers, circle makers of good prayer. One. Um, what's Chris Hodges book. Pray first. Pray first. Pray First by Chris Hodges. That came out this year. 
Um, yeah, so there, there's some recommendation. Um, buy those books, learn, investigate more, and see people's life change or your life change, your family's life change. Uh, and one more thing, any recommendations, anything that you have, uh, please let us know. Email us, email Pastor Nate, email one of our pastoral staffs. We would love to talk through it. Any questions? And uh, uh, yeah, God bless you guys. Thanks for hanging. Hi, everybody. <laughs>